the original evaluation, uh, you know, it's, it has become famous. The proposal was originally defined as vague but exciting. Alberto Di Melio is the head of CERN Open Lab. Yeah, there is something interesting there, but I, I cannot really understand what what is the, the the actual use for that. Use for what? Well, the internet. Today we wrap up the first season of Beyond Tech. Alberto from CERN is back to tell us how it all started and how the internet was actually born. It took some time to actually understand the the potential, and I must confess that this potential was not necessarily seen initially at CERN. Uh, but uh, more outside the community, when uh, this technology you know, started being used. This is Beyond Tech, a short-form podcast where you learn something new every episode in around 10 minutes. If you look a little bit at the history of CERN, I mean, the, the web or the internet, uh, you originated it 30 years ago. The, the, the researchers at the time were setting up uh, distributed collaborations, uh, they needed to handle information and, and, and discussions among scientists, uh, sharing documentation, and there was nothing really working. So they, they sat down and uh, you know, invented the new ways of doing that. So, of course, you know, the, the work of the team, uh, Sir Tim Berners-Lee, uh, the, the, the origin of, uh, of, of his research was exactly to facilitate the collaboration among researchers. And uh, he, he found uh, an elegant, uh, easy way of doing that. And that made history, of course. So, you know, everything else uh, that we we live in today was built on this original proposal. But it was, uh, you know, was born really from a very practical need of solving uh, the problems of uh, collaboration among the distributed teams of researchers. I think you created uh, an environment that was forced to work with lots amounts of data and, and was forced to, to find tools for that. We, we have a similar situation now, but like 30 years after, yeah, right? Yeah, correct, correct. Actually, I mean, historically, you know, scientific research normally is, uh, is classified in four main uh, periods. You know, at the very beginning of, uh, of humankind and human curiosity, uh, the, the, there is something called, you know, the empirical uh, period where, you know, people were looking at uh, you know, natural phenomenon and trying to, to, to understand the, just experimenting and in time also experimentation was organized you know up to Galileo Galilei in the 16th, in the 16th century after that the mathematical theories became more uh, you know more sophisticated and instead of just experimenting scientists tried to to make predictions uh, using the theories but the theories became complicated you know up to you know quantum mechanics and everything and luckily someone invented the computers that could help uh, uh, solving uh, th these equations and, and uh, mathematical theories maybe numerically. So you had the th these three things, uh, data, the empirical aspects, the mathematical theories, and the computers. But they were sort of uh, distinct and they were used in different moments in time. And then at the end of the 90s, uh, something converged. And this started in, in, uh, in the high energy phys physics community uh, by, uh, at large, uh, you know, the data the, the, physic, uh, the, the physics uh, theories and the use of, uh, of uh, computers came together to create uh, very large scale, very international collaborations that could not be addressed in different ways. And at the time, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, this was not uh, happening anywhere else uh, than uh, high energy physics. 
And we had to invent all the tools. So I mentioned the grid. Uh, I know there was a lot about uh, simulation, about computing virtualization, like computer languages and, and everything. Today, indeed, other disciplines, and I mentioned medical research, for example, and starting with, with genomic analysis, and today what is called you know, personalized medicine, etc., uh, are, are using very similar uh, principles. And actually, this is very interesting for us because uh, we are not alone anymore, and we actually need more and more to discuss and to collaborate with other disciplines. So working in multidisciplinary environment has become very, very important. And uh, you know, artificial intelligence, for example, machine learning and deep learning are really at the core of this because these methods today are ubiquitous. Um, you know, they, 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 they are tested, experimented with in many scientific uh, um, research environments, but also industry and, and, and societal applications. So we really need to work uh, together with the, the rest of the world. Very cool. And so maybe if you move back at, at cloud uh, storage, and I, I thought that was fin f amazing as well, because like nowadays, I think it, we have a an adoption or a worldwide adoption, but it took some time. I, I imagine back five years ago when I started working in a bigger company and cloud was always this this thing you didn't really want to do since you didn't trust in it. Uh, now, <laughs> now I think it switched. Why, why do you think it took so long from like, 23 years ago when when you needed a solution for vast uh, amounts of data until uh, a commercialization from a world perspective? I would say there are three main reasons. Uh, one uh, is uh, purely technical. Th there is uh, another reason is, uh, is, is, is due to business models, and I, I, I will explain what it means. And the third aspect, uh, very, very important, it was what you mentioned is trust. In, uh, in, in the fact that uh, you know you can use external uh, resources or put your data in external places. And that takes time. So from a technical point of view, um, at the beginning, it, it was really you know, a distributed network of uh, computers, of hardware. And managing that kind of environment was, uh, was not trivial. And uh, you know, even uh, the, you know, our grid was really based on, on this, uh, uh, distributed connection uh, between computers uh, uh, installed in different places with different operating systems and in different uh, uh, ways of, uh, of managing different applications and harmonizing and standardizing all that so it can, as we say, interoperate took a lot of time. It's really not, uh, not trivial. Then uh, you know, virtualization came along. And today, everything is virtualized. And virtualization helped in uh, creating this uh, common uh, layer on which uh, uh, applications can be deployed, but before the the the, the you know the the, uh, the the stabilization of this virtualization technology, it was not easy to manage this kind of infrastructure, and it, it, it didn't make an economical sense. The second point is really economical; is business model. The grid uh, could be set up in our environment because it's a, it's a it's a sharing of resources. You have a, likely-minded people, a community, bringing resources and willing to exchange resources. There was no distinction between the, what we call today the providers of resources and the users of resources. That is a model that works very well at the beginning when you, when you have a tight community with a, with a clear objective. If you scale this out, it doesn't work anymore. The, the roles have to be 
clearly separated. You, have, you need to have providers who know the business of providing resources and you need users so providing requirements uh, for, for their applications. So only when uh, industry, you know, Amazon um, among the first and then uh, Google and Microsoft and you know, everybody else following, only when they implemented uh, uh, more rational business models with separation of roles, etc., then it became possible for for other communities and industrial users who wanted to be just users. They didn't have the time to set up their own infrastructure. They, that, then they started using more and more of this. And the third is trust. I mean, do you trust uh, putting your valuable data on, a, on an external uh, uh, infrastructure? Of course, you can write contracts and everything. But this is still a problem today. And indeed, one of the latest trends that uh, you know many companies and research environments are studying is a new concept of, uh, let's say, is called uh, confidential computing or, or private computing, uh, where data is really secured end-to-end. -end. You use encryption, you use a special virtualization. It, it's really built to create this trust relationship between your valuable data and operations and the resources. So we have a, we are at the end of the loop. My, my my feeling is that after 20 years of experimentation and growth, now we are really at the tipping point. So from now on, uh, this kind of model will will become the really the standard model doing everything. Thank you for listening to Beyond Tech, a podcast from Digital Switzerland. My name is Matthias. And if you find these episodes interesting, and if you learned something new today, let us know. We'd also like to hear what topics you're curious about and what episodes we should cover in the future. This podcast will now go into winter holiday, but we promise we'll be back with new episodes next year. We wish you all happy holidays. This podcast was produced by Tinka Media. Music came from Blue Dot Session.